This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Christ told Nicodemus, you must be born from above. Christ told Nicodemus, you need a new birth that happens someplace else. It happens above you, outside of your natural birth. It's a spiritual birth. And that new birth from above is when Christ becomes a person's shepherd. You must, what Christ was telling Nicodemus, you must have me as your shepherd. What Christ was telling Nicodemus was, you must become one of my sheep. That's what he meant. And that new birth that's from above is when a person becomes one of Christ's sheep. And God makes that new birth to happen from above when a person is really sorry for his sins and tells God that he's sorry for his sins. And the proof that a person is really sorry for his sins is when the person stops those sins that he's sorry for. And when that person gives himself 100% to Jesus Christ and makes a life commitment that he follows through on to follow Christ and serve Christ. That's when God makes that person to be born from above. And that's when that person becomes one of Christ's sheep, and that's when Christ becomes that person's shepherd, and Christ becomes that person's God. Many people today, many people today think they are Christ's sheep. Many people today think that Christ is their shepherd and God. Many people, when they're in trouble, in deep trouble, will recite the 23rd Psalm when their knees are shaking and they'll say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Many people, when they're in trouble, will call out, oh my God, oh my God. But the question is, really? Is Christ really their shepherd? Are they really one of Christ's sheep? Is Christ really their God? And we cannot tell. We cannot tell who is really one of Christ's sheep. Judas Iscariot was one of the disciples. Judas Iscariot was the disciple that they all trusted to handle the money, to be the treasurer. And when Christ said, the Last Supper, that one of the disciples was not really one of his sheep, that one of the disciples, he was not really a shepherd, none of the disciples, None of them suspected it was Judas Iscariot. And the disciples all began to ask Christ, is it me, is it me, are you talking about me? 
Matthew 26, 21, Matthew 26, 21. As they did eat, he said, verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Not one of the disciples said, I know who it is. It's Judas Iscariot. Not one of the disciples. Why? Because Judas Iscariot, he had obeyed Christ in preaching the gospel. Judas Iscariot had obeyed Christ in healing the sick. Judas Iscariot had done many wonderful works, but Judas Iscariot was secretly not one of Christ's sheep, and none of the disciples knew it. Who knew that Judas Iscariot was really not one of Christ's sheep? Only Christ and Judas Iscariot. That's why it's so important to see in verse 32, verse 32, he, shall separate them one from another. Only Christ can do this separation between the real sheep of Christ and the seeming or apparent sheep of Christ. And how can Christ do this? Because of 2 Timothy 2.19, 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We look at others, can't tell who really belongs to Christ, just like the disciples looked at Judas Iscariot. They couldn't tell that Judas Iscariot did really belong to Christ. We cannot tell. But Christ, as the shepherd, he knows who is really his sheep because of 2 Timothy 2.19, 2 Timothy 2.19. The Lord knoweth them that are his. So that brings the question, well, how can a person know if he really is one of Christ's sheep and if Christ really is his shepherd? Ah, that's where the second part of 2 Timothy 2.19 comes in. 2 Timothy 2.19, which says, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Judas Iscariot knew that he was pocketing the cash. He was slipping money into his own pocket. He knew that. The other disciples didn't know that. There was a hole in the bag, and that hole went right into Judas's pocket. But Judas knew it, and Judas knew that he was not. He was naming the name of Christ, but he was not departing from iniquity. If a person is really one of Christ's sheep, he'll know it. He'll know it because he's not departing from iniquity. And, but Christ said about knowing, John 10, 14, John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine, he said, the two sides. A person can have assurance that he's one of Christ's sheep. He does not have to live his life saying, am I saved or I'm not saved? I really don't know. Am I Christ's sheep or not? I don't know. Is he my shepherd or not? I don't know, no. A person can have assurance that he is one of Christ's sheep and Christ is really his shepherd if he looks at his life and it's characterized by a continual departure from sin. When a person becomes one of Christ's sheep and Christ is really that person's shepherd, then Christ comes to live inside that person and Christ living inside that person as his shepherd will lead that person to walk more and more away from his sin. That person will have an enhanced sensitivity to his own sin, 1 John 1.8, 1 John 1.8. 1 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us. That person will be continually confessing his sin to Christ in order to be cleansed by the blood of Christ and in order for him more to divorce himself from his sin, abandon, walk away, forsake. 1 John 1.9, 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That person will have a growing distaste for his sinful thoughts. It's his sinful thoughts that he's going to become more and more repulsed by, made to vomit over. Proverbs 24.9, Proverbs 24.9, the thought of foolishness is sin. Mark 7:21, Mark 7:21. For within, for from within, out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murder, sex, sex, murder. Isaiah 55:7, Isaiah 55:7. Let the wicked forsake his way, walk away, divorce, abandon. I'm done with. Let the wicked forsake his sin and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That person will forsake his sin more and more, a way of life. And not only will Christ identify and separate out those people who say they are Christ and are not, Christ will separate out those people who say that Christ is their shepherd when he's not. But Christ will also identify and gather in every sheep that really is his. Christ will identify and gather in every person to whom he really is their shepherd. Not one of Christ's sheep will be lost in the crowd. Christ said in John 6.39, John 6.39, this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And Christ said that he would do this with his own sheep that he identifies and he isolates in verse 33, verse 33, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand. Christ said that he would set his own sheep on his right hand. Those sheep of Christ that he puts on his right hand are the same persons that again, the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament said would wake up from their death to a state of what Daniel called everlasting life. And the goats that Christ puts on his left hands are the ones that Daniel said would wake up from their death into an eternal state of shame and everlasting contempt. Daniel 12.2, Daniel 12.2. Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, when Christ said that he would set those on his right hand to go into this state of everlasting life, ever, eternal happiness, Christ did not say that he would set the rich on his right hand and the poor on his left. He did not say that he would set the educated intellects on his right hand and the ignorant and the despised on his left hand. He did not say that he would set the religious on his right hand and the non-religious on his left. He did not say that he would set Catholics on his right hand and non-Catholics on his left. He didn't say he would set Baptists 
on his right hand and non-Baptists on his left. He said that he would set his sheep on his right hand and those, were, and those that were not his sheep on his left. Clearly, the most important question for any person to ask in life, like we said, am I really one of Christ's sheep or not? Am I, is Christ really my shepherd or not? It's not a question of am I religious or not. It's not a question of am I a Catholic or not. It's not a question of am I a Baptist or not. It's not a question of do I regularly attend church or not. It's not a question is my life filled with good works for God or not. It's not a question do other people consider me a Christian or not. It's a question of what Christ said in John 10, 14. John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. It's a question, will Christ say that I am really his sheep? It's a question of, do I really know Christ as the shepherd of my life? Is my life under the constant direction of Christ as my shepherd? Am I responding to Christ as a sheep responds to the shepherd? Am I constantly listening to and hearing and obeying the voice of Christ as my life is being guided by the shepherd in his Bible? Am I listening to and obeying corrections that Christ as my shepherd is giving to me in the Bible when Christ says to me, you're going the wrong way. Don't do that, change course, go this way. Is my love for Christ as my shepherd growing as I long to know him more and is he becoming sweeter to me as the days go by. Because the worst self-deception that a person can be trapped in is the self-deception where he thinks that he really is one of Christ's sheep when he's not. When he thinks that Christ really is a shepherd when Christ is really not a shepherd. And this was the fatal self-deception that many, Christ said, would say in Matthew 7, 21, Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone, that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied or preached in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. May each one of us know and be sure that Christ would say, you're one of my sheep, I know you. Now in verse 34, we see Christ turn to his followers who are his sheep on the right hand of him and he speaks to them. He speaks to them and he has a special title that's used to them in verse 34, verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He speaks to them as their king. This is how his sheep have known him for all their lives. He is their king. His sheep have known Christ as their king who rules over them. Reminds me when Trump was president and there was this sharp divide in the country, there still is, where some people said, Trump is my president. And other people said, Trump is not my president. What was meant by saying that Trump was not or Trump was their president? It was whether, would Trump be respected as their president? Would Trump be listened to as their president? Would Trump be loved as their president? 
Would Trump be obeyed as their president? Would Trump be admired as their president? The same is true for Christ. Whether those are Christ's sheep or not, respect, it all comes down to, is there respect for Christ as their personal king? Is there a listening to Christ as their personal king? Is there a love for Christ as their personal king? Is there an obedience to Christ as their personal king? Is there an admiration to Christ as their personal king? But most of all, is Christ worshiped as their personal king, especially as they see Christ on the cross dying for their sins with that title over his head in Matthew 27, 37. Matthew 27, 37. Set up over his head his accusation written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And the difference between those who are Christ's sheep is that when they see that sign over Christ on the cross, they say, or they do not say, yes, Christ on that cross, dying for my sins, he's my king. And this is the impact of the statement in verse 34, verse 34, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand. Now what does he say unto them? He turns, he speaks his first word, this first word, one word to those of the sheep on his right hand. And that one word further tells the difference between the saved and the lost. And that one word is in verse 34, verse 34, come. He says, come. Christ says, come to his own sheep, come. He says to his sheep on his right hand, he says, come, in verse 34. But in verse 41, in verse 41, by contrast, the opposite, he says, depart. He says to those on his left hand, depart. It's come versus depart. That's what it is. Come, the sheep hear him say to them. They come, why do they come? Because they've already come. They've already heard Christ say, in their lives, come, and they came when they heard Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. when he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. They were thirsty in their lives. They were very thirsty. And they heard God say to them, Isaiah 55, 1, Isaiah 55, 1, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. They were thirsty in their lives, and they heard Christ say in John 7, 37, John 7, 37, in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And because they came to Christ in their lives, they heard Christ say to them, come. And they joined Christ, and they did that in their lives. And not only did they come to Christ, but that word come became a byword for them. It became a word that was on their mouth and that was the word that they said to the lost in their lives, come, come, come to Christ. And that's the picture we see of them in Revelation 22, 17. Revelation 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. And just as Christ will say to the saved on his right hand in verse 34, verse 34, come, and they'll come because they already came to Christ in their lives, because they said to Christ, 
for all of their lives, they said, I'm coming because Christ said to them, come to me. And now the final judgment, just to repeat, in verse 34, when Christ says, come. So Christ will say to the, to the lost, in verse 41, depart. And they will depart. Why? Because that's what they said to Christ during their lives. They said all throughout their lives, depart. When Christians came to the lost and started to really speak to them about coming to Christ, they said to the Christians, enough already with all this religion, depart from me, Christian. And on those rare occasions when they might have been in church and the preacher started to say, you must repent of your sins and receive Christ now as your savior, they said, I'm getting out of here as fast as I can and not coming back. Depart from me, preacher of Christ. And because all their lives they said to Christ, depart, then in the final judgment, Christ says to them in verse 41, depart. And when Christ says to the saved on his right hand, come, in verse 34, Christ means come into my arms, come into my arms, come into my embrace, come close to my heart. And that will be just as the hymn puts it, that great hymn, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. And then he tells the sheep on his right hand that they're blessed of his father, blessed by God the Father, in verse 34, verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, the great blessings that the sheep have has already been planned. It's a long plan that Christ, that the Father did because it was God the Father that wants us, as Christ said in Luke 12, 32, Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give us the kingdom, that wasn't an afterthought of God the Father. It was his idea from the beginning. To give us the kingdom was not done grudgingly by God the Father like, yes, I got to. It was a joy and it was his pleasure because Christians have been in the world, 1 Corinthians 4.13, 1 Corinthians 4.13, defamed, made as the filth of the world, off-scouring all things of this day. Christians have been cursed by the world, but God the Father says, no, you're blessed. And then Christ tells the sheep to go and inherit the kingdom. He doesn't say, you deserve it, because it's not a question of deserving the kingdom. They don't receive the kingdom because they deserve it. They receive the kingdom because they inherit it. A person doesn't receive an inheritance because he deserves it. A person receives an inheritance because he was born into the family as a son. And we were born from above, we became sons of God. John 1.12, John 1.12, as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And sons receive an inheritance. That's what happens, Galatians 3.29. Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ, then are your Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Romans 8, 17, Romans 8, 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Titus 3, 7, Titus 3, 7, being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Receiving Christ, becoming a sheep, made us children of God, and that made us heirs of the inheritance of the kingdom. 
Becoming a child of God made us to suffer the reproach of Christ. 1 Peter 4.14, 1 Peter 4.14, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, happy. And Christ said in Matthew 5.10, Matthew 5.10, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being so great. How great thou art. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.